Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to The Power of a Woman. So I am with Katie and Amanda from the Bold Women's Society, and they're joining us from Dallas. So welcome, ladies. I'm excited to have you. Thanks for having us, Brooke. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you. So, okay. So Katie has a TED Talk out on confidence, which I had watched um, when my uh, business manager uh, presented you guys to me, and I was like, I, I love it. Let's chat. Um, so what led you guys to the Bold Women's Society and to create it? Yeah. So that's kind of a fascinating story. And it's cool how our, our world's kind of intertwined. So kind of quickly, what my story is, is I went from an entry level, you know, straight out of college to the C-suite in 13 years. And I found myself in my corner office crying every single day. I just knew there was something else out there for me. And so seven years ago, coming up this in a couple of months, I walked away from all of that and walked away from my six figure salary, from this thing that had completely defined me. And I took about six months to really figure out what it is I wanted to do. And what I decided I wanted to do was I wanted to help coach women and speak into the lives of women to help them go after exactly what they want. You know, I had climbed the ladder so fast and people were coming to me saying, how the heck did you do that? So I I coached for several years. And in 2020, I decided I was burnt out of coaching. I wanted to kind of pivot into full-time speaking. And of course, we all know what happened in 2020. Um, And every single one of my full-time speaking friends lost 90% of their revenue really quickly. And yet I sat there thinking, what is it that I can do? How can I make a greater impact beyond just one-on-one coaching? And I knew that I had this dream to create something bigger, to help more women. And so I dug into my confidence. Funny enough, for three months, I battled back and forth thinking there's absolutely no way I can do this. And I finally went back to basics that I had been teaching for years and decided, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And so I put together the plan for Bold Women's Society. Brooke, I had no idea really what we were going to do. I just knew we were going to do something. And one of the things that I was doing was I recruiting women to be on my advisory board. I wanted other women to share in this vision and to help us grow. And what was fascinating was Amanda reached out to me and she said, can we get on the phone? I want to hear what you're talking about. And so I had not told anyone about this advisory board for the five women I was asking. And for some reason on that call, I felt that I needed to tell Amanda and Amanda who she always says the question, the answer is always no, if you don't ask the question, she said, can I join your advisory board? Oh my God. Yes, of course. I was so thrilled about that. And a few weeks later, she 
called again and said, Hey, I have this really crazy idea, but I want to jump in and be your partner and be your co-founder. And so um, we went through a lot of due diligence, but she jumped in and, and our goal is to impact the lives of women. And so I'll let Amanda tell her story because it's, it's different than mine, but kind of how we got to where we are today. Love that. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Katie, I love every time you share that story. I feel like I get goosebumps because of like, it's so just like serendipitous and how it all came to fruition and how we ended up as partners, you know, running Bold Women's Society. And my story is a little bit different in Katie's in that I'm still working my corporate career and it's thriving. So I'm at the place where I've grown, I've similar to Katie, I've grown up the corporate ladder very quickly and I've created a name for myself in my industry. And it was a couple of years ago when I started to get really deep into personal development. And I started to question a lot of what I was doing. And it was a situation where from the outside looking in, it seemed as though I had it all, right? I had this great career. I had great relationships and I'm so enthusiastic in everything that I do. And it radiates in my career and just all the activities. So everybody just assumed it's great. Amanda's life is perfect. Why would she even question anything? And I started to realize that there was a void missing for me and I didn't really know what it was. And it was during that time that I sought out to find supportive, like-minded women who were also feeling stuck and unfulfilled and who were unsure of what their next step was going to be, you know, what we wanted to be when we grew up. There had to be other women like me who were questioning that. And it's actually kind of funny when Katie started executive coaching, I was your fifth or sixth coaching client, I believe. So Katie was the very first executive coach that I had ever worked with. And I am, a complete 180 from the woman that Katie met in 2017, I think is when we worked together to the woman that I am to now. And obviously we're partners together, but there was this underlying theme during the course of me going through this personal development journey and in working with Katie. And it was like, I was lacking confidence, even though I was accelerating and my career was taking off and other women were also feeling the same exact way. And I realized that there wasn't an outlet or a group of women who were at the same point in their career, because if it leaves a lot of development for women who were early coming out of college, and there's a lot of development for executive leadership, but in this middle ground here, there was this void for women who were like, we're ambitious, we're bold, we're doing things, but at the same time, we are scared. We are, we don't have confidence. Our ability in ourselves is kind of shaken a little bit. And so that was the appeal. When I saw what Katie was doing with Bold Women's Society, I was like, I need to figure out what she is doing here. She is really on to something. And as Katie said, you know, my life motto is that the answer is always no until you ask. So I asked to be a part of the advisory board and she graciously said yes. And a couple of weeks in, I, I just was like, this mission and the vision, what we're doing with Bold Women's Society speaks so much to me. And the point that I was at just a few years earlier, and I just knew that in us partnering together, we could really make a stamp on the world and help change women and impact a lot of women. Um, and so obviously the rest is history. As they say, here we are today, spearheading this Bold Women's Society community. I love the name of it, the Bold Women's Society, right? Because you... Very often, I feel like I see women hold themselves back. And I did this myself. I was in a corporate career before um, I started my own business. And um, I grew quickly in my positions with the company too, right? And I think you have that ambition, that side of you. And I remember once I was like 25 years old and I had already reached like a regional position in my company. And I remember my boss saying to me, well, you need to slow down. Like what's next? right? Like, what do you do next? Why are you always going after the next thing? And I was like, well, would you say this to somebody else? 
Like, are you saying this to me because it's me and because I'm an ambitious woman? Because I don't see you saying this to the guys that I work with as well, right? And I think there's this perception, like as a woman, that we just, we get treated, we need to be patient, we need to just like take it as it comes versus like going after it and asking for it. And I had the same thing come up after, um, when I was pregnant with our first daughter and my boss said to me, he's like, well, after you have a kid, you're not going to want to be doing this. And I was like, why, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I go after this? Cause I'm having kids. Cause I'm a mom, my life stopped or something. I can't do this. Um, and I think those kinds of things, and it happens all the time, get women into this place where they're almost scared or it's not good to be ambitious or we get this perception that like you're a bitch right if you are aggressive about something and ambitious with what you're doing absolutely 100 percent. i mean it's so funny listening to you like i had two things pop up in my head one was i remember asking for a raise a raise that i had worked for and my boss who was a woman, threw it in my face and said, do you know how many, do you know how much you've gained over the last two years? You want more? And I was like, uh, yes, because I've <laughs> earned it. And then another time I had a man, my CEO, CEO of our company came up to me and decided to tell me when I should have a baby because of when it would fall in the cycle of, I was in fundraising, when it would fall in the cycle of our fundraising. He said, you know, if you look at so-and-so and and -and so-and-so who were two women who were in vice president roles, just know that look to see when they had their babies. I mean, are you kidding me? No one ever said that. He didn't go around to my male colleagues and say any of those things. And it's true, Brooke. We chose the word bold for a very specific reason. And we are all about words and the words that we use, the words that we speak into ourselves, the words we speak into other people. And we believe that we as women, we have big, bold things to do in this world. And it starts, you know, in our homes and our communities. But the things that we can do, we as women, we can literally make huge global impact change. Um, And let's face it. I mean, we have men in the middle of a war right now. We need women to step up. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, the, the word term bold with a woman, it gets used in a negative way a lot. Mm -hmm. It gets used as like, Oh, well, that was a bold statement. Cool was it? (laughs) Right. Just a compliment in my book. Yes, absolutely. But we spin it as this, like, well, that's a negative thing that you said that like, well, no, not really actually, because you wouldn't say that in any other context. Right. But I think when someone is in that position, I wish I had somebody in those roles to say to me, you're not being too demanding. You're not asking for too much. And this is 100% reasonable for you to be asking for these things um, and you've earned it right but how how do you when you're in that place right because fear can come up and scarcity can come up and like well what if right all those things can come up so how do you kind of move through that when you're in that kind of a place yeah so we believe in the power of community and that's why we also use the word society we are a community And we believe that when you surround yourself with other women who are telling you, you can do this, 
You can be bold. You can be confident, right? When we're helping each other to do that, I think that takes away a lot of the scaredness because you have other people who are rallying around you. And the reality of the situation is we as humans, we're tribal, right? We, we want to belong. We want, we, uh, the sense of belonging is so strong in us. And so, you know, as Amanda said, when we were in, in, well, when I was in my corporate job and Amanda came into that place, we just looked around and we were like, where's this group of women that are supposed to be doing this? Where's this table that we're all supposed to be sitting at? So we're like, we're just going to freaking build the table. Well, right. And the whole dynamic has shifted. Even, even when I first gotten into my career, Brooke, it was very much a woman against woman. We were pinned against each other. There was only one seat and we were all fighting for it. Right. So into Katie's point, we're just going to build the dang table. We're going to have everybody pull up their chair. We're going to create this community where women feel confident and comfortable to be vulnerable in those situations, to realize I'm feeling this way. And so are a thousand other women. You're not alone in the way that you're thinking. And a lot of what we talk about is that sometimes when you can't find the confidence in yourself, you can borrow that belief from somebody else. And that is the power of having this society and this community that we're doing with Bold Women's Society. And something that we talk a lot about, even with people who aren't in our sphere, people who aren't within the Bold Women's Society community, always telling women to look reach out to people in your network. If you're not feeling confident, you know, Katie and I are both big proponents of this and we've done it both in our, in in each of our lives is just reaching out to people and asking them for feedback. People whose opinion you value and who you trust have a list of questions and you can reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling 100% in these couple of areas. Where do you see my strengths at? What could I improve on? You know, so just having that confidence and knowing that maybe I don't have it in myself, but I'm going to reach out to the people whose opinion I value and I'm going to help them help me instill this confidence in myself. And it's such a powerful thing that you can do. And it's just the beauty of what we're doing here inside of Bold Women's Society. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we want every single woman to be unapologetic in the pursuit of her dreams because she is confident. She has that courage to be bold, right? And she has that support that comes from being in a community of like-minded women. And that's the power behind what we're doing here. I love what you just said with the confidence too, right? And before we started recording, we were saying, you know, often, especially in the nutrition realm or in the fitness field, I run into women who are like, well, I'll be confident when, right? I'll feel more confident or I'll ask them like, well, why is this goal important to you, right? And then confidence is one of their reasons why they want to achieve a goal. And I'm like, that's, that's great, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting to go after something. I want you to have something to go after, but sometimes we're going after it for the wrong reasons, right? You are not going to get confident when you get to that weight. I see it all the time. We get to that weight and then we're like, well, I still don't love my body. I still don't feel good, right? I'm still not confident in myself. So how do you build that confidence when you're not there yet? And how do you, I guess, find it in yourself? Yeah, that's a great question, Brooke. And there's so many things, so many tools and tactics that somebody can use. One of my favorite um, authors and mentors I learned from him a couple of years ago is that confidence is keeping the promises to, to yourself. 
So it's those little daily habits. I mean, when you're specifically when you're talking about nutrition and weight loss and people getting healthy and stuff like that, we see this so many times where somebody loses 20 pounds, like you said, and it's like, I'm not confident. It's like, well, because you didn't change what's going on upstairs. You didn't work on your mindset. You didn't work on your belief system. All you saw was this outward appearance and whatever was on the scale, but you didn't do the inner work. And that's what the reference, what my mentor said, you know, the promises that we keep to ourselves, that's how you build up your confidence. It's the things that you do daily, the routines, the way that you talk to yourself. And something that I learned from Katie and that we talk about in Bold Women's Society is that confidence is a muscle, which relates so much to your audience, right? You can't accept, expect to build up a bicep from one workout, from doing five reps, right? You have to continually work at it. It's something that you have to build into routine. It has to become habit. And then when you build the muscle, guess what? You still have to continue to maintain. So you're still working at it. And confidence is the same exact way. It's a muscle that needs to be built and flexed. It's not a one and done. And it's just, you know, something that I learned when Katie and I partnered together, hearing some of the stories of women that she worked with and continue to work with, you know, through executive coaching is that there are some high power women who still lack confidence. So nobody is immune to this. It's not, I want all women and everybody to know that you are not alone in this struggle. We all struggle with confidence. And it's just something that you continually have to work at. Yeah. We had the opportunity this week to speak to um, a women's employee group at a fortune 500 company. And one of the things that Amanda and I like to teach all people, men and women can do this, but women especially is um, what we call a confidence resume. Right. And so one of the things Brooke is that sometimes we forget all of the things we have done our whole lives, right? We've done hard things. We've accomplished things. We've done things when we were scared, when we were nervous, when we were anxious. But oftentimes we forget about it and we let it go over to the corner and it starts to collect dust and cobwebs. And what we do teaching this confidence resume is putting together a list I mean, I have mine right here on my desk. It is a list where you go back and you think about what are the things that you did when you were nervous and you did it anyway? What are the things that you did when you uh, were scared and you did it anyway? What are the things you've accomplished? What are the things you tried and failed at, right? And one of the things that we did this week when we, we asked for feedback and Amanda and I were reading through the feedback and one of the women just was very frank. She said, when I heard this concept, I thought there's no way I'm going to have anything to put on my list. And she said, working with you all, I realized that there was so much. And so we, it's social proof. It's social evidence that you have been doing this. And so for the woman who's saying, well, I'll be confident when, right? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. We have to take the action. But here's the other cool thing. You've been taking your actions your entire life. And so when you come up against that next thing, that's hard. That's a challenge because you will. You can look at the social proof. You can look at your confidence resume and be like, okay, I have to do this scary thing. But guess what? I've already done a hundred things, right? And we call it a resume because it's something you continuously add to. You're always adding to it. And some of the things you don't even realize you were building your confidence. But that's just a 
an easy way, I think, for women to reconnect when they're like, and we have seen women who have, I mean, felt no confidence do this and look at it every day and, and do that talking to themselves every day and how it can change. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. It just takes a little bit of work. Yeah. Yeah. And Katie, I want to add real quick too, that when somebody goes through this exercise, especially as women, it's so easy to brush the small things under the rug. Like Brooke, you even mentioned that too, like moving up so quickly in your career, what's next, what's next, what's next. This forces you to stop and say, holy cow, I did all of these things. And even things that you think aren't even something that you should put on here, like maybe buying your first house or going skiing for the first time, like Katie talked about in her TED talk, I had a similar experience and I'm okay never skiing ever again. It's kind of how I feel about it, but I did it. And now I can check it off my list. Right. But it's, it's all the things that you have done. So releasing that belief that it has to be these huge milestones, it doesn't have to be, it can be something so small. Like I got asked to be on a podcast. Somebody asked me to contribute to this article. Maybe a coworker asked me to help them with the project because I have a strength in this and they knew that I could help them execute. It can literally be anything. And just helping people realize you have done so many amazing, powerful, confident things already in your life. And just keeping inventory of that is one of the most powerful things, like Katie said, that you can do for yourself. When you're saying that too, I'm thinking of like trust, right? It's building trust with yourself too. And it's, you know, you don't build trust. I, I have told my clients before, I'm like, you didn't build trust with your spouse right away, right? Like it came through daily actions that they did to show you that you could trust them. And when trust is broken too, right? It needs to be rebuilt and it doesn't just happen. It's very much the same. And it's funny you say that with the confidence, right? I, and there's, you never reach this peak. I think we get to this point where we think like, oh, they must never struggle. They must never have a hard time. And I'm like, no, I absolutely do. I last week was like not feeling it. I was just not in the right place. And my business manager called me and she was like, you're never going to believe what podcast you were put on. And it's someone that I listen to all the time. I love her. I literally was just crying. And I was like, I didn't think that I was worthy, right? Of being on that or like being there. And I was like, and that was just the little reminder I needed. Like, yeah, you can, like, you've earned that, right? You know what you're doing. And everybody goes through that though. So you can't let those one times take you back though and feel like you didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And worthiness is a completely different conversation too, right? I, I recently read in a book and it makes so much sense. We are not born unworthy. Unworthiness is something that you, it's a belief, it's a limiting belief. And one of the examples that they give in the book is that like, um, a hundred foot Oak tree is going to grow to a hundred feet. It's not going to grow to 10 feet because it doesn't feel worthy right? And it's just like removing that belief and just understanding this is something that was instilled. It was learned over time, whether somebody told you or something rattled you multiple times that made you feel unworthy of what you're doing. It's the same thing with your confidence, right? They're, they're all limiting beliefs and they're all things that you can work on. And Katie, I know I cut you off there. What did you want to add? Oh, you're totally fine. No, I, First of all, Brooke, we're going to totally steal what you just talked about with trust and bring (laughs) that into our conversation because 
that's so eye-opening. I've never made that, that connection. And when you said that, I was like, oh my God, it was a light bulb that, that went off for me. Congratulations on the podcast. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Another thing that we 1000% believe in and do is we believe that you have to celebrate your successes. Big ones, small ones, it does not matter. Because again, so many of us women, we are on to the next thing, the next thing that we never stop to say, oh my gosh. And here's the other reality, right? Society only celebrates us, you know, in two ways, really. When we get married and when we have a baby. Those are the times when society is like, we will throw you a big party and we will give you all of the things, right? And yet, I mean, while monumental things, while monumental experiences in life, there's so many other little things every day that need to be celebrated. And when we do that, we absolutely can build our confidence through that. And then one of the things that you said, I'm a huge Downton Abbey fan. I don't know if any of your listeners are. It's my go-to. I'm obsessed with it. I cannot wait for the second movie to come out. But one of the things that the Dowager Countess said is life is a series of challenges. And when you get past one, you'll just have another. And I think that as soon as we all understand that and look at it that way in terms of, yeah, there's going to be hard stuff ahead of me. That's okay, right? There's going to be days that weeks that we just don't feel like it, that we're like, oh, but it's okay because it's all, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. Yeah. Um, There's going to be some really awesome celebrations along that path though, too, if you let there be, right? Yes, absolutely. I think with that trust, right, and, and the confidence, a lot of it can be tied to, like I was saying, you know, like when I had someone say to me, like, well, you're not going to want to do this after you have a baby, right? If I, you have to go back to the trusting your own intuition and, and listening and leaning into that, right? If I didn't trust that like screaming part of me that was like, this is not all you're meant to do, right? You are not just a mom. You can have your passions outside of that and go after the things that you want. And if I would have let that one comment detour me, I probably wouldn't be able to go after things. So you have to really go back into the trust with yourself, right? And that's where that confidence comes and trusting that that intuition you have as a woman was God given to you for a reason, right? That you can lean into that. And sometimes things don't make sense and that's okay. Such a good point, Brooke. And you know, it's something that we talk a lot about in Bold Women's Society and it hits on exactly what you just said is getting clear on what it is that you want, especially as women, we are so much concern is around everybody else. My kids, my spouse, my coworkers, my job, you know, but nobody ever stops to think, what do I want? Tune in and figure out what makes sense for my life. And I think that's a lot of what we see is women losing their identities. They, they're never really in touch with themselves. And when we start talking about clarity and, and questions that you can ask yourself to figure out what you really want, it is hard. It is hard work because we've never been allowed to think like that, right? It's so much these social norms as both of you have mentioned, you know, it's go to school, find somebody, get married, have kids, never work again, you know, whatever it is. I mean, these social norms that we all see around us all the time. And to Katie's point, when you hit those milestones, those are the most celebrated things. But what about getting yourself negotiating a $30,000 pay raise. Hello, like that is huge. 
I know people don't openly share stuff like that, but can you imagine if we celebrated things like that? Yeah. Those little things that add up to like your entire life. Yeah. I was having this conversation with my husband because he, um, he's in a director role with his company. And um, I was saying to him, I said, you know what? And I had this conversation on podcast too. Like, what if women viewed themselves as a leader versus a caretaker? Right. What if we looked at the fact that a leader can also be a caretaker, right? It doesn't mean you can't be a mom. You can't do those things. But what if you viewed it as instead of I need to do these things for other people, I need to do this for myself so other people can do this for themselves, right? What if no matter whether you're a mom or you're in a corporate position or whatever it is, if you viewed it as when I lead myself this way, I'm leading other people to, to other people to lead themselves this way too. And I was telling that to my husband because he often will be the self-sacrificing, um, you know, people pleasing. And I was like, listen, if you lead that way, your team is going to lead that way. And that means that when you get burned out, they're also going to be burned out. And I was like, so when does it stop? Right. And it starts with you as the leader. So as a mom or as a woman in general, if you are leading that way, you can just expect that the people around you that you were leading are eventually going to take on that too. Yeah. How we treat ourselves is how we teach the world to treat us. Yes. Yeah. That's just the reality. And you know, Amanda has taught me this so much because she's so great at following daily habits. You know, one of the things we were talking about a minute ago, this idea of getting clarity, right? This idea of figuring out who, who, how do you even know what your leader self is right now? We have so much information coming at us. We never stop to silence ourselves. And the answers come from within. I mean, one of the things that I love about Amanda is she is huge on meditating. How many, how many days have you been doing meditation in a row now? I mean, it's the number almost 600. I, I mean, I, I, and first of all, I think that speaks to her discipline and how, and I am not naturally disciplined. So I have learned by working with her how to do that more and to be better at it. But Amanda, even if you would for a minute, like tell us a little bit about some of the aha moments you've had about yourself, you know, about finding the right tribe, about even talking to me about Bold Women Society, that you you got that clarity once you silenced your once you went in. Well, getting getting in, right? And asking yourself those questions. And something that I want to highlight is that it doesn't happen immediately. And that's something that we've been ingrained in our society, this instant gratification. You think I'm going to sit down for five minutes and I'm going to have all the answers for my life. <laughs> no, I wish it worked like that, but it doesn't. Like the, the clarity that I have received in getting to the place where you and I are now partners and me even feeling confident enough to say, look, I already know that you founded this company, but let me do it with you. That took years of me digging in, of tuning in, of listening, getting quiet, asking questions, constantly flushing out, what do I see my life looking like in five years, in 10 years? Who is the woman that I want to be? Who is she? How is she as a leader, as a friend, as a spouse, as a business partner, as a coworker, whatever it is, and just getting really in tune with that woman. And a lot of times when I talk about meditation, we hear it all the time, Katie, people say, I, I've tried it. I can't do it. Well, neither could you when you first tried to ride a bike, you fell off, you had to put training wheels on there. Somebody had to hold onto the back of your bike. It's something that it's a practice. You have to work at it. 
like Katie said, there's so much information being thrown at us all the time. I remember I went to a silent retreat a couple of years ago where they completely take away all your devices. So you have no access to the outside world. We had music that we listened to, but that was the only like real technology. There was no TV, no phones, no computers, nothing. And it is shocking what you experience when you're in a situation where let's say everybody, we're all getting ready to have dinner, right? And people are showering and changing and doing all that. And you're sitting alone. And your first thought is normally I would grab my phone and I'd start scrolling. I don't have my phone. What do I do? And you're being forced to sit in a moment where you're sitting silent with yourself and you're getting a chance to reflect, but having more moments like that. So getting back to like getting tuning in and getting quiet with yourself. Yeah. The first time I meditated, I sucked at it. And some days I still suck at it, but now I know what it feels like. And I have been able to really been able to problem solve, to figure out who I am, what I want. And anytime I start to wane a little bit from that, I know it's because there's too much noise coming in and I need to get quiet. Mm -hmm. And just giving yourself the permission to do that, even if it's three minutes, everybody can find three minutes. You know, that's something that is so important to realize is like when I talk about meditating every day, I'm not doing it for 10, 15, 30. Some people do it for an hour. Some days it's only three minutes for me. Most days it's five. On average, it's about five minutes a day. Everybody can find a couple of minutes here and there just to center and get quiet. And Brooke, I don't know if you teach anything like that um, with your coaching programs, but I'm, I'm assuming that you do. Yeah, I had this conversation actually at um, about a month ago with my clients, um, we were talking about boredom and mm -hmm. I had someone say, they're like, well, I find this workout boring. And I was like, cool. Doesn't mean it's not effective, right? Just because you're bored doesn't mean that you always have to be entertained by everything that you're doing. And we went through like the mindset of like being bored is not a bad thing. We always view as like being bored means that something's wrong or we get uncomfortable being bored. And I was like, I want you to take inventory of your day. How often are you stimulated and distracted during the day? Even if you're driving and you get to a stoplight, do you sit in silence at that stoplight or do you pick up your phone to scroll through social media until the light turns green, right? How often are you doing that? And you're losing that time with yourself. And a lot of times we either are uncomfortable going silent and going inward, right? We don't wanna like deal with what's there. So we're avoiding it but you have to move through it. If you want to get to that other side that, that you're hoping for, you can't just like power it through. Like we were saying, put your head down and keep moving for the next thing. You have to like go inward a little bit. And one of the things I used to hate hearing was how you do anything is how you do everything. And the first time I heard that, I was like, what does that mean? And then now like the more I've seen, I'm like, that's so true. My habits with how I treat myself is the same habits with how I show up in my career is the same habits and how I show up in my family and relationships, et cetera. Wow. I love this idea of boredom. I, I, I try and avoid boredom always. And yet when you were just speaking about that, I thought I should really take time and analyze my day and to allow myself to be bored. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of power in it. And Brooke, especially what you said about, I think a lot of times what I've seen when I have these types of conversations with people is that it's a lot easier for them to numb with whatever it is yeah. versus tuning in and getting quiet. Like there's, I encourage anybody, like next time you're in a car and you're going somewhere by yourself, even if it's five, 10 minutes down the road, don't turn on the radio. Don't turn on a podcast. Don't put on an audio book. Just sit in the car with yourself. 
you need five minutes by, by yourself. There you go. You just got it. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times it's that we're so used to that stimulus of whatever it is, if it's social media, if it's binge watching TV, if it's listening to podcasts, audiobooks, like, you know, something that Katie and I both started implementing and maybe we don't do it all the time, but when we do walks or runs, it's like, you don't listen to anything. Don't yeah. take your headphones. Then you're truly forced to listen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like this past summer um, and falling for a half marathon, I didn't get to run it because I had some injuries, but um, I, I was training all the time. So I was out running all the time. And it's crazy that some of my best ideas, some of the content we produced, some of the just thoughts I had about myself, like came during that time because I, it was just me by myself. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels so good. In fact, it's part of the reason why I'm in my running stuff right now. I'm going to go as soon as we're done. Cause I'm like, I've been shut in my house. I'm like, I need to get out and get some stuff done, you know? get some of that thought work done. It's funny when you say that too, like your best ideas, I'll have people are like, oh, I always get my best ideas in the shower. And I'm like, that's, yeah. but that's a sign you're not letting yourself be bored enough, right? Because if yeah. you only get silence when you're taking a shower for that, however many minutes you're there, then you're not giving yourself the space to be bored more often. Well, and it's funny, Brooke, and I, I would assume again, that you find this with your clients. We talk a lot to a lot of women about insomnia. Yeah. Waking up in the middle of the night. Same thing. If you're not giving yourself that space during the day, your brain is going to say, great. Now we're, now we're going to think about some things. And guess what? You're going to be awake to do it. And obviously that's not, you know, it, not everyone who has insomnia has that problem. I'm not trying to be a doctor here. But for many of us, it's because we're not allowing that space. No, you're nailing it. I, the routine I see often and not every time, right. But generally is we wake up, we grab our phone and then we are right into our social media, email, et cetera, messages. Then if you're a mom, you're getting stuff ready with the kids. Otherwise you're getting ready for work, right. Getting breakfast, getting out the door, you're rushing to work or to take the kids to school. And then you have your day. That's a lot of stimulus in that day. And then after work, it's running around. If it's kids taking the sports events, et cetera, and then you get dinner, et cetera. And then it's TV on, on the phone, maybe you're catching up on email until you start to feel tired and then it's going to bed. Maybe we have a glass of wine in there, et cetera. That whole day was a lot of stimulus and not a lot of like time. And then we go to bed. I always like joke. I'm like, then you go to bed and you hope for the best, right? Like you hope that you're going to get good sleep. But even if you took, this is one of the first things I have my clients do is I want you to shut the TV off a minimum of 30 minutes before you're going to bed. No email, no phone, no TV, nothing. Get a book out, journal, meditate, do some breath work, something along those lines. Um, anything that's gonna just make you be in silence and be still and just be with yourself. Because especially if we're talking quality sleep, right? You need a little bit of a break between like all the stimulus of your day and just before you're going to bed at night. So if you can't even get that break in the day, maybe your day really is crazy and it's hard for you to find that, then you could just do it at night and find that little bit. Cause if you could improve your sleep, you can improve the way you're showing up in all these other areas. It's hard to show up when you feel exhausted and tapped out. Yeah. 
for sure. And, and something that you can add to that list and something that I do that I encourage a lot of people to do is in that 30, 40 minutes before you're going to go to bed, literally write down everything that is coming up in your mind, any to do's, any, un, any unfinished tasks. Cause that's a lot of the, a lot of the thing is that you're never giving yourself that just those couple of minutes to recap what happened today? What did I not complete? What's on my list tomorrow? And it helps to free up that headspace. So then when you do actually lay down to go to sleep, you're not waking up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing. Being, oh, my God, I don't want to forget to do da, 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 because it's already on this list. Yep. On that list, too, I would say add things that you're grateful for or excited about in your day, because I was telling one of my old coaches, I was like, yeah, I just make my like to-do list of what I didn't get done in the day and what I need to do tomorrow. And he's like, cool. So every night you're telling yourself the ways that w- in which that you sucked that day. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you need to also put on there, like, what are you excited about? What, what were you grateful for that day? Even if you can't find anything, like you're grateful that your health is good. Right. And just yeah. put something else on there. So you have one positive thing, at least to go into the evening and into your next day with. Sometimes I'm just grateful for a bed. Yeah. And, grateful for, and, and, you know, there are, there are a lot of people in this world that, that probably don't have the same kind of bed that I have, you know, may not have one at all. And so it seems so little, but sometimes just that reminder for myself that it can be these super small things, you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be big. I love that. All right, ladies. So how do people work with you? How do you be a part of the Bold Women Society? Yeah. So in terms of working with us, we do a lot of different things. Um, we obviously do coaching, um, but we also do speaking engagements as well. And so if somebody wants to work with us as, as an individual, then typically we either do one-on-one coaching or we have a group coaching program called the Bold Blueprint. And it's an eight week, phenomenal, exciting thing where we talk about your goals. We, we don't just dig into your goal, but we dig into what, what's the why behind your goal. We help you get really, really clear. Oftentimes when our women start, they think their goal is one thing. And by the end, they're like, that's actually not it. Uh, we teach them about confidence and clarity. And then we move into, you know, what are these daily habits to support that? Um, we also work with women just for smaller amounts of time. Maybe somebody wants to just have us for, you know, half a day or a day to work on a strategy, um, or even an hour, they have a, an interview coming up and they need help, you know, thinking through how they're going to show up. Um, and then of course we love to get in front of groups of women, you know, speaking engagements, conferences, uh, working with employee groups, women groups, um, we love doing those things as well. And then it's funny because people ask us, like, how do you be part of the society? Like, we just believe that every woman is, right? So um, to engage with us, kind of the, the two ways that are, or three ways, I guess, is we have a Facebook group. So it's a community. It's those women. Um, we're excited to get back to doing some live events or not really get back to, get to the first time because we started in June 2020. Um, so doing live events and then every morning we send out a bold daily dose of inspiration or personal or professional development through our texting community. So those are kind of the ways that you, you can be in with us. I mean, did I miss anything? 
No, I think you you hit it all. If, if anybody wants to join our texting community to get those daily doses of inspiration and confidence boosters, you can just text hello to the number 214-949-4715. And you can get on that list. And as Katie said, it's personal and professional development tools, strategies, inspiration, confidence. But the best part is it's Katie and I texting you directly. <laughs> so that's the easiest way to have direct access to us. Um, and also just stay in the know for what's going on with Bold, Bold Women's Society. Any upcoming events, any, any big news that we want to share, they're always the first people to find out. I love that. I will put that in the show notes too, for anybody to be able to just click on when they're, when we're done. So don't feel like if you're driving that you need to be writing down a phone number. <laughs> it's in the show notes for you. Awesome. It's, Thank funny. it's always funny when I'm listening to podcasts and I'm like, wait, what did they say? Cause typically <laughs> I'm driving when I listen to podcasts. So yes, yeah. yeah. please don't, don't feel like you have to pull over. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. I loved having you guys on here. Thank you, Brooke. You are amazing. And we're excited to get to know you and, and how you impact the lives of women as well. It's exciting. Thank you. Yes, it really is. Just thank you so much. It's so great to connect and just now be a part of your community and you a part of ours. Yes, this is awesome. Thank you. And that's it for this episode on the Power of a Woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media, and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzi or head over to my website at brookrazzi.com to learn more.